Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. And welcome to the Dollars and Cents podcast with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, very nice to be with you again. How are you doing today? Hi, Bill. Thanks for asking. It's always good to be with you. And uh, I'm doing great. I'm super excited about our uh, guest that we have in studio today. It's going to be another, what I hope would be educational and fascinating Mm -hmm. conversation for our listeners. Well, you never have disappointed so far, so I can't wait to hear today's guest. Perfect. Well, in studio with me is one of my colleagues, Sean Julian. Hi, Sean. Welcome. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. We really appreciate it. And what Sean and I are going to be discussing is going to be talking about donor advised funds. And we'll get into that in a little detail in just a minute. But before we jump in, I do want to share a little bit about Sean's background and how she came to join the Private Vista team. So for our listeners, uh, Sean graduated from the University of Illinois, and she started her career back in 2015 with a different firm that did also focus on financial planning, but they specifically catered to Fortune 500 corporate executives. After her time there, she then moved on to a local trust company, planning for individual business owners and helping people manage their generational wealth. We are, we're fortunate enough for her to join our team back in 2019, and none of us have looked back since then. Sean has brought her experience of working with the business owners and corporate executives, also helps other professionals. So all her experience transferred over very well to join our team. And she knew since she was a young taught that she always enjoyed helping others. And so she finds her career extremely rewarding by helping our clients achieve their financial goals. As many of us at Private Vista, one of the things Sean enjoys most is that she gets to educate people so they can make informed and and smart choices around their wealth. So Sean, that's a little bit about you professionally. Why don't you share for our listeners a little bit about what you and your husband, Kevin, like to do when you guys aren't working? Yeah. So I am a local Chicago native, grew up in the the suburbs of Chicago, uh, and actually will be moving up back to the suburbs very soon. But as we're enjoying our last summer in Chicago, my husband, Kevin, and I really enjoy eating out, trying all the different cuisines in Chicago, travel. Um, We've done everything from over in Asia to Europe and really enjoy trying to see all the different places in the world that we can go and also have a baby on the way come November. So life is busy. Yes, yes. You guys have quite a lot of big, I would say big pivotable points in life that you guys are checking off here in short order. That is correct. 2023 has been a busy year. Yeah. Yes, but it's been a good year. So we're super excited for the what will be the newest addition to the Private Vista team. So we're excited for baby Julian to arrive. 
So with that, we are going to be talking about one area of legacy planning, and this is one where we're not going to be talking about perhaps passing on wealth to the next generation, but more so about one way that you can benefit the charitable organizations that you care about. So for our listeners, Sean, let's just start off with kind of the first step. We talked, said so we're going to talk about donor advised funds. Listeners, we may abbreviate it as a DAF. We'll try to avoid that, but just in case we do slip into jargon, that's what that means. So Sean, let's lead off. What is a donor advised fund? Yeah, I think in the simplest terms, a donor advised fund is a charitable giving vehicle. Think of it as an investment account that is specifically earmarked for charitable goals. So a lot of times clients will gift money into this investment account and the money is specifically used for charitable giving to any 501c3 charitable organization. Okay. So that's a really one of the top key points is it does have to be an accredited or an approved 5013C organization. I know oftentimes we have clients who want and are able to help out family members, but unfortunately you would not be able to do that charitable giving through your donor advised fund. That's correct. And I think another piece I want to add to that about what you do not want to use your funds and the donor advised fund for is sometimes your charity that you like to support is hosting a fundraiser that is selling a table, for example. And um, with that, you get tickets to the event as well as you may be doing an additional monetary gift. Uh, Donor advised funds, when you're using them to make gifts to charities, only can be used for monetary giving. You can't get any uh, benefit from the gift that you are providing uh, from your donor advised fund. So that's another key piece to remember when you're using uh, the funds. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know many of us and many of our clients, that is uh, a common way that we like to support the charities that we care about. Are there any other maybe common requests or common limitations that you want to share with our listeners about how those funds, which charities or how you're supporting your charity can be used? Yeah. So when you make the gift into these donor advised funds, essentially that money is no longer yours once the money is gifted into the account. So when you're making requests for the funds to be distributed, the other important thing is you're making a grant request. Uh, So it's up to a bunch of different institutions are able to help manage these funds. But ultimately, it's their decision to say, yes, is this grant approved or not? Usually the case is as long as it's a 501c3, there's really no limitations uh, if you don't really get any economic benefit from these gifts as well. Okay, great. And is a donor advised fund, do you set this up? Well, I think you could set it up during your lifetime. You could also set it up as a testamentary or at your death, correct? That's correct. So a lot of the times people will do this in one of two ways. You will do it during your lifetime. It's used as a source of funds, either in retirement or if you want to make a large gift early on and use it over a period of time. That's one way during your life to do it. But another strategy that we see clients do is if they haven't set one up during their lifetime, you do have the ability to fund one of these at your passing. 
And this is a common strategy that people may use if they don't have an idea of what specific charities they want to give to at their passing, but would like it as a vehicle that maybe their heirs could use the strategy to pass on money to the causes that they believe in. Or if they want to, for example, if your parents set one up and you become kind of the the grantor of this donor advised fund and have the decision of where the money goes, carry on your parents' wishes of the charities that, that they like to support. So it's kind of an ongoing legacy type of vehicle that you can also use even after you pass. That's an excellent point, especially being about if you're not quite sure, especially if you're doing planning earlier in your life and you're like, I don't know if this organization will be in existence or if I'll still be as um, strong of an advocate or supporter for it in 20, 30 years. It is nice that you have the flexibility where you don't have to designate the charity or charities that will benefit from it. Whoever is the grantor or running the fund at that time, they can decide it could be one charity, it could be multiple charities, and um, they too can change that from a year to year basis. Yeah, it, it definitely provides a lot of flexibility in that sense. Great. What about, we're going to pivot to our clients who have done this during their life. You talked about, you know, it's a great way for the children upon their death to keep that legacy going. But how about we share a couple of ways we've seen our clients use it during their life? Sure. I'm going to take a step back there and add in one thing about what you can fund these vehicles with, uh, which kind of segues into how you'd use it during your lifetime. Perfect. So these types of accounts can be funded with cash. That's the most simple way to fund these accounts. But there's some benefit in doing other types of gifts into these accounts. You're able to use appreciated securities. Uh, You're able to actually use private business interests. Again, a lot more complicated, but it's an option. So there are different ways to fund them. Um, During your lifetime, what we see with clients is using those appreciated securities is a great way uh, to fund these accounts because there's two benefits. When you fund these accounts during your lifetime, you get the charitable deduction when you actually make the gift into these accounts. So for round numbers, let's say you put 100 grand into this account today, you get the charitable deduction today, but over the next five years, you distribute those those funds to the different charities. When you make the distribution from the account That is not when you receive the charitable deduction because you got the benefit when you initially funded it. So when you use an appreciated security to fund these accounts, not only do you get the charitable deduction with the amount that you funded the account with, but any appreciation on that stock, you avoid paying any taxes on that growth. So you fund it with $100,000 or $100,000 of appreciated security that was worth when you bought it, 50000 so there's growth of that 50000 you avoid paying that gain of 50000 by not selling it, just goes into this account. And then when you sell it inside of the account, there's no taxes due because it's a charitable, charitable account and charities do not pay taxes. So those are kind of some of the tools that we see that people do during their lifetime. In a, a time that a client may want to do this, is one, if they usually are using the standard deduction. So 
everyone is given a standard deduction, whether they file single, married filing jointly, and that amount has gone up over the previous like five years or so. And because of some of the other adjustments with the tax code, a lot more people are taking advantage of the standard deduction rather than itemizing their deductions. So in the case of charitable giving, if you were doing some smaller gifting and now really aren't getting the benefit because you aren't itemizing your deductions, you may lump together your gifts into one year so you can actually itemize that year. But then you have the benefit of kind of distributing those uh, gifts over a period of time. So clients will do that in a year that they have high income would be a time where I see it most commonly used. Absolutely. I know we've recently worked with clients who were planning on selling their business, perhaps executives who were either exercising stock options or able to sell company stock or maybe a long-term incentive plan is paying out. So that is kind of, I would say, the fun part of our job is working with the client to say, what are your charitable goals? And then working with collaborating with their CPA to figure out what's the best way to structure this from a tax perspective. Yep. And we've actually, I know as we're getting closer to the end of the year, you know, we'll be, I can't believe this, but starting out Q4 in, in short order, now is a time I would say when we're meeting with our clients to most people know, have a good handle on what their income is going to be, whether it's their bonus or if they're a business owner, what type of distributions they may be taking. And that allows us a lot of time to, to figure out how do you maximize the tax savings mm -hmm. on this? Yeah. And and to your point, just to reiterate for our listeners, even if you, you know, bunch a bunch, maybe you're going to do five years of your annual contributions and you decide to bunch or front end load them into one tax year. I just want to reiterate a key point Sean shared. You don't need to distribute the money in the same tax year or even all in one year. So if you generally give your organization $10,000 a year and you decide you're going to bunch 50,000 so you get more tax benefit, you can still write the check for the next five years just as, as you have historically. And I think you wanted to add something to... You got it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Great minds. <laughs> So we talked about, you know, the, just to reiterate, really, if you're looking at this, you can really kind of stack a bunch of tax savings with this one strategy. So as Sean mentioned, if you can certainly write the check, if you will, but oftentimes we have found that people who have, in, have had excess cash, they've invested it. So it's in what we call their personal or taxable investment account oftentimes titled to themselves or perhaps their living trust, those are the things we want to look at to see if there's any unrealized gains, because then we can just transfer those into the donor advised fund. And instead of you selling them, paying, it could be any upwards of almost 30% all in of the capital gains taxes, federal and state of Illinois, plus some surcharges, um, so in Sean's example of uh, the 50,000, you know, you could save about 15 grand, 15,000 in taxes. And so instead of that going to the taxing authorities, you're getting 100% of the dollars to go to the organization you care about. 
So it's very detailed, a lot of moving parts. And that's why you want to look at this in the context of your overall plan. And we want to coordinate with your tax professional. That being said, another thing that we uh, talk about, or we get questions about, I think like generally in the public, people mainly know about, oh, a family foundation or a private foundation. So uh, Sean, why don't you share for our listeners what it what a what is you know a foundation, and then maybe compare and contrast that with the yeah. donor advised fund. Yeah, I th- we get this question a lot because I think people use the word family foundation, and they may be talking about a donor advised fund, but they are two separate entities or types of vehicles. So, a private foundation is actually its own corporation. If you set up a family foundation or private foundation you actually have to do a separate tax return. There's very strict rules that you have to follow. And when it's also a charitable giving vehicle, but it's much more formal. And another piece of it is there's a required amount of distributions that you actually have to make from a private foundation or family foundation. On an annual basis, you have to give away a minimum of 5% of the value of the foundation and then the tax reporting that comes along with it. So a lot of the times a family foundation or private foundation is used for much, much larger charitable giving goals, but definitely is another tool out there. Is there maybe a a threshold that you would see where that might be able to begin to make sense? Yeah. So I would say when you're looking at fees and the the annual upkeep um, costs that come along with a family foundation, anywhere from gifts or total value of above 3 million is what I would say you may want to consider a family foundation. The other important piece to bring up, and some people have both, some people have a private foundation and a donor advised fund. And the reason that some people may do this is with a donor advised fund, you can actually give gifts from your donor advised fund anonymously. With a private foundation, there's not a way to give gifts anonymously. So if someone has a larger foundation, again, everything's reported. You can look up online where these family foundation or private foundations are gifting to. With a donor advised fund, you have the ability to be a little more discreet about where your charitable giving is going if that is one of your goals. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, great. So also to one thing we haven't hit on yet is, and it could apply to both, but since we're focusing on donor advised funds, let's say, you know, we, we do have the client who says, all right, it's going to be probably one of my top income taxable income years. So let's, you know, let's really front end load this, or, you know, I want to, I kind of want to juice it on the front end, if you will. How do you go about setting up the donor advised fund? And then if you're not going to use all the money, you know, it's not kind of money in and then money coming right out. Let's walk through how you can invest that and then continue to grow your corpus or principal. Yeah. So a lot of the larger financial institutions, uh, we work with Charles Schwab very often to set these up 
have the ability to set up these types of charitable uh, investment accounts. Once they're funded, as Nicole mentioned, you have the ability to invest them. These are usually the way that we usually work with our clients is they're invested in mutual funds, exchange traded funds, very similar to how your personal investments may be set up. But we'll work with our clients to figure out what's the appropriate risk that you guys are taking with these accounts to figure out how it should be invested for your long-term goals. So again, it comes back to what your goals are with these accounts for us to figure out the appropriate asset allocation. And then uh, we can determine the right investment mix for our clients. This is a great time to actually get these accounts set up. They're relatively straightforward to get set up, but year end gets busy. So if this is something that you're interested in doing, we highly encourage you to start working with your advisors to get these accounts set up and funded before year end. Right. And I, I do agree because not only is it a busy time in our industry, but a lot of the companies, and you mentioned Charles Schwab, so the custodians, they're going to have deadlines that they have set up that will be well before December 31st so that their back office team has enough time to process and get these going. Exactly. So I would say the sooner, the better. Always. Uh, but we are planners. <laughs> With these companies, a lot of them have deadlines early December to have these accounts opened. Yes. And really with the donor advised fund, there aren't any setup costs or you're not paying an attorney to draft the documents. So even if you do set it up this year and either, you know, you you run out of time or you wait to the last minute. So you're not able to do it this year. You could still carry it forward and use it in a future year. Yep. That's exactly correct. So that's just to reiterate, start sooner. And there's no downside to if for some reason this year ends up not being the right year to do it. And something I didn't mention earlier is once this account's opened, you can fund it in multiple years. So great point. You may have a big equity event in year seven of your career and another one in year 15 of your career. That same account will still be in existence as long as you haven't closed it. And you can just add additional funds, appreciated securities uh, into these types of accounts. Yes, that's a great point. The other thing that that was leading me to think about is what about when you go to do the distributions is why don't you walk through our, our audience? You know, that's pretty easy and straightforward as well. Yeah. So again, a very straightforward process. Once you have identified what 501c3 organization, every donor advised fund will have kind of their different minimums. It may be $0. It may be $25. These usually aren't accounts that you want to send $10 checks from. But once you've identified the charity, you submit a grant request on behalf of the charity and the donor advised fund takes, takes your request and will send the check out directly to the charity. So again, very straightforward process. I would say it takes three to five days to get sent to the charity. Yes. So it really was, you know, there's few things in my opinion, I don't want to put words in your mouth that the Congress gets right, but this was, this is a really uh, great, flexible and straightforward way to get some income tax savings and still support the organizations that are important to you. That is exactly correct. <laughs> and I, I think one other comment that I forgot to mention sure. earlier 
that's important to remind our clients and listeners is once you make a gift into these accounts, they are irrevocable gifts. Mm, so that's a key point. We want to be strategic and thoughtful about how much money we are funding these with, because once the money is given away, that is a charitable gift and the funds can no longer be used for your personal benefit. Yeah, that's a very key point. So there is there is no do-over or take back. And I think too, that's why we always educate our clients and look at it in the context of their overall plan. Because mm-hmm. Sean, myself, and all our colleagues at Private Vista our number one goal is always to take care of our clients first and foremost, and make sure that they are retaining enough assets and resources, not only to go, you know, take care of when life goes as planned, but we've all lived enough life to know there's going to be bumps in the road. With that too, Sean, can you walk us through, you know, we can set up the fund. We talked about it doing it during our life and or death. During the life, we talked about appreciated securities as a great way to leverage that. Why don't you share some thoughts on making this the beneficiary for uh, a qualified plan or a, a retirement plan, I think is the more common name in the public. Yep. So donor advised funds can also be named as a beneficiary on accounts, whether as Nicole brought it up for retirement plans, IRAs, 401ks. Those types of vehicles are some of the best vehicles to use for charitable giving. If uh, you have charitable goals as part of your estate plan, so at your passing, you have charitable desires. So naming a beneficiary on a qualified plan is a great vehicle to use for donor advised funds. At your passing, if you have a charitable goal or charitable bequest that you would like to make, The benefit of naming the donor advised fund on your retirement plan is that these charities never have to pay the income taxes. If you were naming a family friend or any other type of beneficiary, they're going to have to pay income taxes when they take those distributions. Unlike a charity, this money goes 100% to benefit the charities. So it is a great way to kind of maximize tax savings as well as accomplish your charitable goals. It's a very key point. And we do want to just point out that with income taxes, uh, any money that went into a, we're talking about pre-tax vehicle. So it went into your 401k before you were paying income taxes on it. That's going to come out as what we call ordinary income. So it's not capital gains or preferential treatments. And it would depend on what tax bracket and, of course, what the tax laws are at that time that your individual beneficiary would be at. And in today's rates, that that could be as high at just at the federal level of uh, 37 cents on every dollar. So many of us save a lot of money pre-tax and it's a beautiful thing, but you know, you're really just kicking the can down the road. And that would be the case at the death, especially with the change in rules for inherited IRAs. So it wouldn't be unusual that the beneficiary is probably going to be in one of the higher tax brackets. Mm -hmm. And we talked about income tax, but there's also, if you have an estate tax, whether federally or in the state of Illinois, we do have an estate tax. Some of the other states do as well. Any assets that pass directly to charity, uh, avoid any estate taxes if you were to incur one. So again, not only saving on income taxes, but you would be saving on estate taxes as well with these gifts. 
Excellent point, Sean. And again, that is that these afford a lot of flexibility. And if you're you don't want to, or you're not feeling comfortable enough that you're like, I want to do this at my depth. Again, it can fund there. You save the income taxes. And then that also could save on potential estate taxes, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And outside of kind of some tax benefits of using the, this as a tool for estate planning. Another thing that we see really common is this is a way for families to work together after someone's passing. So it's a great way for people to come together, talk about what their goals are for this money. And whether it's family or friends that are doing this together as the advisors of where these gifts should go, it creates a sense of community after someone's passing too. Absolutely. And what a great way to celebrate your loved one's no longer being with you to either share stories of maybe you went to events together or did fun runs on behalf of that, or just even remembering how excited or passionate they were because it was, you know, an animal shelter or an organization that helped feed people in need, things like that. I think it's a great way to celebrate them and share some happy memories as well. To continue on someone's charitable legacy. Yes, absolutely. Well, great. So we did talk about that we are getting in towards the end of the year, you know, as you're finalizing, you know, or getting a good picture of what your income's looking like, as Sean mentioned, and we do want to stress the sooner, the better. This is not something you want, you're going to be able to do if you wait till the last week of the year. Is there anything maybe either key situations or things like, oh, if this is happening in my life or I'm at this, I don't want to, we can't get specific, but maybe just some, some high level items. If you're going through, if this is crossing your mind and if it should be a potential thought for you, one, maybe you're approaching retirement. 2023 is kind of the last year you're going to have large income. This could be a year that you may want to consider it. This is a year that you are selling a business. This would be a good year to maybe consider it. As well as if you're kind of in more of that corporate role where you have a lot of equity events or something in that sort where you have larger income that in the next few years you foresee it coming down, this could be another time to consider having the conversation at least of does a donor advised fund make sense for you in this tax year? Great. Well, Sean, I could sit here and talk with you all day about donor advice funds and probably a hundred other things. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else you either wanted to reiterate or to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think just high level summary, donor advised funds are a great charitable giving tool. There's a lot of simple ways to get these accounts set up and you can start small and get bigger as you get more comfortable with these tools. They provide a lot of flexibility. So if this is something that sounds like you'd be interested in, we always like to have these conversations with prospects and clients. Great. Well, as you know, uh, since you are on the podcast committee with me, I like to wrap up each episode by asking my guest, you know, no constraints in time, money, geographical constraints or anything like this. Where would you live in the, where would you want to live in the world and why? So I've thought long and hard about this one. And I started off at the beginning of this podcast talking about my love for travel. 
if I could pick anywhere in the world to live, as shocking as this may sound, I don't think I would really change where I'm living today. Chicago is near and dear to my heart. I think it provides some of the the best resources. We have the lake. We have a beautiful city. And most importantly to me, this is where my family is. So very close to my family. Can't pack everyone up with me and take them (laughs) along. So I will continue to stay in Chicago, but uh, we'll travel the world as I see fit. But I, I don't picture myself living anywhere else. Love it. Love it. That is great. And so happy for you as you're starting, you and Kevin are expanding your family that you guys are going to be able to return to the area uh, of Chicago that you grew up. I think that's probably got to just make your heart sing. So yep. Super happy for you guys. Well, great. Well, thank you again for sharing your time and your knowledge about donor advice funds with our listeners. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for having me. You know, if I had a little bit of Frank Sinatra, I think I would pot up the Chicago, my kind of town at this point. Uh, so. <laughs> yes, that would be a good closing song. <laughs> yeah, you know, congratulations. First of all, Sean, congratulations to you and your big life moment that is Thank happening. You. That's fantastic. And, you know, you this conversation was interesting. Who knew talking about taxes could be so interesting? But I, <laughs> but I, credit I think Sean it, to that. Well, I think it's most interesting because it involves another big life moment about a decision whether to commit to charitable funds or charitable giving, as a matter of fact. So it was a fascinating conversation. So thank you both. Uh, that was extremely interesting. Nicole, before we get out of here, if people who are listening want to reach out to you and get in touch with you and ask you more about this, how do they do that? Absolutely. So there are two ways they can certainly call at 312-831-4370. And then the receptionist can redirect them to myself, to Sean, or to any of our advisors at Private Vista, or visit our website at myprivatevista.com. And if you click on the contact us button, and uh, again, mention this podcast, ask to talk with Sean or myself, or just mention the podcast and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. So we welcome any questions or conversations around this important topic. And again, we're just going to one more time, the sooner, the better. Absolutely. Thanks again, Nicole and Sean. Thank you. Our last thank you as always goes to the listeners. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the podcast and you like what you heard, be sure you hit that subscribe button so that the next episode will be automatically delivered to you. You will get a notification. You won't have to search for it, and you won't miss another one. On behalf of everybody at Private Vista and Nicole Romito, I'm Bill Tucker. Thank you again for listening. Live your best day today and every day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. 
the investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.